This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. John chapter 19, I have been preaching about, oh, what a miracle. Oh, what a miracle. And I want to continue that today. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, we know who wrote this, John. See, the one standing by he loved. John was saying that, by the way, that's me. He saith unto his mother, woman, behold your son. Then saith he to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour on, John, the disciple, took her into his own home. Let us pray. Jesus, I bow my head in your presence. And God, I'm keenly aware, conscientious that I need your touch, your anointing more than I need anything else. It's your anointing that breaks the yoke. It's your anointing that sets the captive free. So God, I pray today that you'd hide us in the cross of Calvary, that people would see Jesus Christ. And for all you do, we're gonna praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart, for I pray this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about the three wise women of Christmas. The three wise women of Christmas. They were a group of relatives that were in a hospital waiting room because they had a family member that was gravely ill. The doctor finally came on the scene and he said, I'm afraid I'm the bearer of bad news. Your loved one is very sick. And the only hope for your loved one is a brain transplant. And then the doctor went on to say, insurance will cover the procedure, but insurance will not cover the two ounce muscle, the brain. You as a family have to purchase that. I mean, it startled them. But after a little while, the family members mustered up the courage to say, Doc, how much is it to purchase a brain? And the doc said, I got to be honest with you, $5,000 for a male brain, 5,000, but only 200 for a female brain. And they began to snicker a little bit. The men began to snicker and finally curiosity killed them. And they said, Doc, 5,000 for a male brain, but 520s, 1020s, 1020s. (laughs) If you're right, 90% of the time, who cares about the other 5%? (laughs) 1020s, $200 for a female brain. And then they said, uh, Why? Why the difference? And the doc said, well, it's just standard pricing procedure. (laughs) Standard pricing for procedure. See, the female brains are a lot lower because they have been used. (laughs) Now all the women said, amen, amen. You know, when you think about Christmas, folks, when you think about Christmas, many times I do think about those wise men. When I think about Christmas, I think about Joseph. I think about 
King Herod. I, I think about those shepherds abiding in the field. Many times when I think about Christmas, I, I think about the men of Christmas. But I want to talk to you about the three wise women. Now, now, how do we know? How do we know if a person's wise? Well, it's pretty simple. We know if a person is wise, not necessarily by the knowledge they have. See, see, knowledge is what you know. But wisdom is what you do with the knowledge you have. See, the way we know whether or not a person is a wise person is by the decisions they make. By the decisions they make. And so I want to take a little time and I want to talk to you about the three wise women of Christmas. They're in the Christmas story. And the reason why I know that they were three wise women is because of the decisions these women made. Now, the first woman, I, I, I've got to talk about her. She's so special. Do you ever think about this? Mary was the only person who was there when Jesus was born, but also was there when he died. She was the only person, Mary. And Mary was a wise woman. But what made Mary so wise? Here's what made her wise. She made the decision to accept Jesus and obey him. She made the decision that she was going to accept Jesus and obey him. Now, you know, there's a lot we don't know about Mary. Most theologians say she was a 15-year-old Jewish girl. There's a lot 15-year-old Jewish girl. There's a lot we, we, we don't know about her. But there's a few things that we do know about Mary. Mary had a cross to bear. She really did. She had a cross to bear. There used to be an old song that said, there are people who are whispering and the rumors, they're running wild. There's a woman who's not married and she's gonna have a child. Her name is Mary. She's a virgin from down in Nazareth. Now listen close. She's going to marry a man named Joseph, but the baby's father is the Holy Ghost. You know, Mary had to live with a stigma, though, because John 8 and 41 said this, that she had to live with the stigma that she was a fornicator because she got pregnant during the betrothal period. So she had to live with that stigma that she was a fornicator. Also, Mary lived in Nazareth. Nazareth. And Caesar Augustus, who was just clay in the potter's hand, he issued a census. I want you to know something. Up to Caesar Augustus issued this census, there had never been a census decreed. He was just clay in the potter's hand. And the census said they were, everybody had to go back to their homeland to register. Now you do it in your mind. Mary's nine months pregnant. She lives in Nazareth. She's got to go 90 miles to Bethlehem. It's hilly terrain. She's nine months pregnant. The Samaritans were very hostile to the Jewish people. And the route would have taken them 
by where the Samaritans lived. She's nine months pregnant. The image shows her riding a donkey. But there's nothing biblical that she rode a donkey. She's not much pregnant. An eight to ten day walk from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And when she gets to Bethlehem, it's crowded because everybody's come to register. Kind of like the shopping malls yesterday. Thank God there was no COVID there. <laughs> Everybody's come to register and they need a room. But there are no rooms. They need a place for Mary to be born. But there was no place for the baby to be born. She needed her mother. But there was no mother. So they go to a cave. A cave that occupied and worked as a barn. And she gave birth in a cold, damp cave. Gave birth to the Son of God and placed him in a manger. Perhaps this song says it better than I can say it. It was not a silent night. There was blood on the You can hear a woman cry in the alleyway that night on the streets of David's town. And the stable was not clean. And the cobblestones were With the tears upon her face Had no mother's hand to hold It was a labor of pain It was a cold sky above But for the girl tears upon her face it was a labor of love I know something else about Mary not only did Mary have a cross but Mary had concern Mary had concern because the Bible says that Jesus and his disciples went to a wedding in Cana. And Mary happened to be there. And she said something to Jesus at that, waiting, at that wedding. She said, they wanted wine. And the mother of Jesus said to him, Jesus, they have no wine. You know what that tells me about Mary? Mary was concerned about other people. Mary was concerned about other people. 
And I pray what God does in our hearts and lives of every one of us this Christmas is I pray we realize it's not about us. I pray this Christmas that every one of us will realize it's about other people. I pray we'll learn from, mother, from, from Mary that we need to be concerned. I see Mary's cross. I see Mary's concern. But there's a third thing I see about Mary. I see Mary's Christ. You said, oh, wait, Pastor Benny, you just told us the story that she gave birth to Jesus. That's exactly right. She gave birth to Jesus, but I want you to see something. Jesus was on the cross, and he saw his mother standing there whom he loved. And he looked down at his mom, and he said, Mom, behold thy son. And then he looked to John, and he said, John, <laughs> behold thy mother. What was he saying? He was saying, Mom, all my life, I've been your son. But today, Mom, I'm your Savior. Mom, all my life, I've been your child. But today, you're my child. And she became his child because Acts 1 and 14 tells us she became a part of the early church. Now, this is all I want to say today, folks. If Mary, the mother of Jesus, with all of her goodness and all of her good works, had to accept Christ in order to be saved, we will also. You will also. Mary had to accept Jesus. And if Mary had to accept Jesus, you will also in order to go to heaven. See, I see Mary's cross. I see Mary's concern. I see Mary's Christ, but I want you to see one other thing. I want you to see Mary's closing advice. Mary gives us some closing advice. What is it? Here's what it is. His mother saith unto the servants. Here's the closing. And, and by the way, folks, you want to live the Christian life. You say, Pastor Benny, I want to know what's necessary to live the Christian life. This is it. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. <laughs> you want to live the Christian life? Whatsoever he saith, just do it. For some of you, he's saying you need to get baptized. For some, he's saying you need to join the church. For some, he's saying you need to give. For some, he's saying you need to serve. For some, he's saying you need to stop. For some, he's saying you need to go. For some, he's saying you need to step out. For some, he's saying you need to make a decision. But here's whatever he says. If he says, go home, go home. If he says, get out of the relationship, get out of the relationship. Whatever he says, just do it. Mary made the decision to accept Jesus and to obey him. But I want to tell you about another lady. She was a wise lady also. Elizabeth made the decision to never give up on God. Elizabeth made the decision to never, ever give up on God. Look what Luke 1 says. And they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments. Now look, it's talking about Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. They were righteous, godly people. They loved God. But look what the Bible says. And they had no child 
because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. In biblical times, there was a stigma if you didn't have children, that you were not favored of the Lord. And they, they lived with that stigma. But I want you to see this couple that was elderly, and it seemingly was too late. Science said it's too late. Medicine said it's too late. Fox News said it's too late. <laughs> CNN said it's too late. The ACLU said it's too late. But God leaned over the balcony of heaven. And verse 13 says this, and it came to pass. Or go back to verse 8, guys. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course. Now get this, folks. They were praying for a baby. They wasn't getting the baby. But what did they do? They just kept serving the Lord. They just kept serving the Lord. They just kept serving the Lord. See, when the Bible says in Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, it's not talking about this. It's talking about this. But they that wait upon the Lord. It's not happening for me right now, but I'm just going to keep on serving. It seems like God's not answering my prayer, but I'm just going to keep on serving. It's not going real well, but I'm just going to keep on serving. It's not happening like I want it to happen, but I'm just going to keep on serving. There's a message for somebody. And look what the Bible says in verse 13. And the angel said unto him, Zacharias, your prayer's been heard. Your wife Elizabeth's going to bear a son. And they'll call his name John. You know what? Elizabeth teaches us, don't you ever give up on God. And listen, everything said it couldn't happen. But I can see Zacharias. I can see Elizabeth on the front porch rocking in those Cracker Barrel rocking chairs. <laughs> Diapers hanging on the clothesline. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, first family ever to pay their pediatrician bill out of their social security check. Amen? Here's what I want you to see, folks. Don't you ever give up on God because the greatest blessing in your life may be tied to it. The greatest blessing of your life may be tied to you never giving up on God because they finally had that child and he was John the Baptist. And Jesus said these words, there's not a greater among you than John the Baptist. There's not, don't you ever give up on God. Elizabeth said, let me tell you, I want to teach you a lesson. A lesson. Don't you ever give up on God. Barbara has a brother named Wayne. And uh, I've been married. We've been married all these years. And Wayne's a big old burly guy. Big old burly, uh, bearded, truck driver, tobacco-chewing guy. But cold as could be. Talk to him about Jesus, cold as could be. For decades, cold as he could be about God and the things of God. 
cold as he could be. But let me tell you, about a week ago, this old burly guy, he had a mama that wouldn't give up on him. He had a mama that went to the grave praying for that boy. He had a mama that went to her grave praying for that boy. That old boy, God dealt with his heart. Old Wayne surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Elizabeth made the decision. I'm never going to give up on God. As long as you've got God, there's hope. See, there's one other lady I want to tell you about. Her name's Anna. And Anna made a decision to go on, even though she'd experienced great pain. She made a decision that I'm going to go on with God, even though I've experienced great pain. Tell me about it, Pastor. I'll be glad to. Look what the Bible says. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, and she'd lived with her husband, wait, seven years from her virginity. Verse 37 says, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. Wait, let's get the story. Get the story. She got married just like you got married. She loved her mate just like you loved your mate. But after she'd been married for seven years, her mate died. Her mate died. And it would have been easy to gotten bitter. It would have been so easy to give it up. Pastor, how did, how did she handle it? What, what, what's the message? I, listen, I've had great loss. I'm hurting, Pastor. I've had difficulty. How did she handle it? I, I need to hear, Pastor. Look what the Bible says. She didn't depart from the temple, but she served with fastings and prayers day and night. What'd she do? She said, I'm hurting, but I'm just going to keep serving. I'm hurting, but I'm just going to keep going to church and being an usher even when I don't feel like it. I'm hurting, and I'm going to work in the nursery even though I don't feel like it. I'm hurting, but I'm just going to keep on serving even though I don't feel like it. I'm just going to keep on serving. I'm just going to keep on living for God. I'm going to keep on serving, even though I don't feel like it. Now, here's what I want to say. I want to make, I want to make two statements. I want to make two statements today that are very important. important. Statement number one, God still has something for you to do. God still has something for you to do. I want you to know something. If you're not dead, God's not done. If you're not dead, God's not done. And the second thing I want you to know, a great blessing 
may just be tied to your future. A great blessing may just be tied to your future. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.